This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. What happens on Zoom? What happens on Zoom stays on Zoom. Come on. Okay. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I know. It goes true. out to the world. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Conjecture and Horrors podcast. With me is Laura. Hello. And Greg. Hey, guys. And I'm your host, Rob. How's everybody doing tonight? Great, awesome. Rob. Doing good. Doing How are good. you? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I, I have all my buttons. There's no flies flying around me. <laughs> An old woman didn't gum my jaw. So pretty, <laughs> pretty, so pretty, good, pretty good day. <laughs> good day so far, you know? <laughs> oh my god (laughs) yeah you know uh if you can't tell we're uh we're conjecturing 2009's drag me to hell this week um unless that just randomly happens to you on any day i'm not sure about that but uh (laughs) if you're a loan officer maybe (laughs) once every now and then yeah yeah that's true uh or if you work at a you know an elderly home i don't know i'm not sure about that uh but (laughs) uh so what are you guys wearing tonight with your zoom backgrounds what do you got going on greg I'm dressed as Ramjas. Uh, he's the uh, he's like a psychic, and he kind of helps our main character along the way in, in dealing with the curse that's placed on her. And my background is it's like his psychic shop. It's got books and all kinds of stuff. And so I, I've got his <laughs> coat, got his weird little you know necklaces and jingles and jangles on his hand. Uh, oh, I also have this. Check this out. It's a little like voodoo doll. Oh, Whoa. yeah. Look at dope. that. Wait, is, is, that, Darth, that, is uh... that Darth Maul? Is that Darth Maul? <laughs> sure, it's Darth Maul. It's Deadpool. Wait, wait. Oh, no. Wait. Yeah. Oh, is he, he's like double-sided is. lightsaber. Yeah. Wow. So just ignore on. that. Mm-hmm. Ignore that. Oh, okay. I mean, it was the devil. It was the devil in okay. Yeah. yeah. There you go. All right. It's a Darth Maul devil. About the same thing. You know? It's close yeah. enough. Close enough. Yeah, I like oh, it. Uh, what's, your, what's your background, Greg? It's his office. Like, so th- this is like the first time they consult with each other and, you know, he's going to give her a little psychic reading. Nice. A little, nice. A a little reading. A little read. Nice. Uh, okay. And what about you, Laura? What do you got going on? Uh, what's your background? What are you wearing? I am dressed as that poor, sweet kitten who was sacrificed <laughs> for literally <laughs> no reason whatsoever. So justice for kitty. Uh, and hashtag, my hashtag. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Jeez. <laughs> and my background is of our protagonist, Christine, screaming as she is dragged to hell, which is where she belongs after what she did to the poor kitty cat. Whoa. Um, uh, Ooh, okay. We'll talk I don't know. about we'll it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, nice. Uh, for me, I'm, I mean, I probably have the most obscure uh, background going on right now. I just have a picture of Justin Long, my, <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> my BFF, my, uh, my everything. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and he's just hanging out behind me. It almost looks like we're in a prom pose together right now. It's adorable. It is very adorable. You know, um, he's just there. He's, he's whispering in my ear a little bit, you know, stuff like that. So it's nice. It's nice. So that's all, that's all I got going on tonight. It's just, it's all Justin Long. It's uh, going to be an hour and 30 minutes of, of Justin Long. All right. Yeah. So if you want to see our pictures, if you want to see Justin, uh, you got to follow us on Twitter, Instagram at conjecturing pod on both. Um, so let's see what we're drinking tonight now. Laura, what do we got going on? 
Oh, I was ready for the drop. You oh. got me all confused. I mean, I'll do it again. As soon as I forget, do it again. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait. I'll think about Justin. That's why. Um, <laughs> he got all flustered. <laughs> all flustered, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rob's going to be out the whole episode. Just, he's going to just yeah. randomly shout Justin in, in his sentences. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's see what we're drinking tonight. Let me get a drop going here. What's in the cups? Okay. Yeah. Okay, Laura, what are we drinking tonight? All right. We are drinking the Gypsy, which mm. is made with uh, gin, elderflower liqueur, lime juice. And this is actually a fun fact, but, you know, I reside in the San Francisco Bay Area. And this is a real cocktail. It's a San Francisco-based cocktail. So I thought mm. that was pretty cool. Mm. But you know okay. what? I already finished it. So, uh, oh. you know what? I'm bringing it back. I have a backup beer tonight, like I used to do. There you go. Cheers. Man, going back to old school. Nice. Good job. Mm-hmm. Cheers, guys. Like this thing like is it. really good. The, the lime really pops. I love it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's delish. Nice, nice. Good job. Good job. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, let's get to a little bit of updates now. Let me know we're drinking, what we're wearing, you know, that Justin's hanging out with me. Um, so we want to say right up front, you know, uh, just a reminder, please rate, review our podcast or if you're listening to it on, you know, it's very important that we get those type of feedbacks going forward. Um, uh, another thing we want to talk about real quickly is uh, <laughs> something joking now that uh, we joked on a couple of pods back that my mom is a big listener, Rob's mom. Um, <laughs> and uh, the best. and we, we joked on one of them that, you know, my mom should create a Twitter, Rob's mom. Um so she did it. She went on Twitter. She created a Twitter <laughs> account. Uh, so if anybody wants to follow her, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what she's going to do. Post pictures of me. Maybe I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> it's, it's at R O B B. So R O double B 28 mom. So that's, uh, that, that's oh where you can goodness. find her on Twitter. The, uh, and just so everybody knows the, the picture she used is me when I was a little child. So it is me. I was cute for about 10 days and then I kind of went weird looking, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it's me. It is me. So if anybody wants to follow her comments, you know, say, say she's cool or something like that. She probably would like that. Very cute. Yeah. 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 Uh, the only other, I think we have from previous show is Laura has a big thing to talk about from last week's uh, episode. <gasps> uh, so what do you got to say, Laura? Are you, uh, you got to talk about something? Yeah, I this might be a first for our podcast. I have a regret. Definitely not a first, but go on. No, it's I'm pretty regretful. I think this is the mm. first time it's been this bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, everyone listening probably hates me after last week. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to try to keep this. <laughs> as... I think I think that was after the thing episode. A lot of people hated you after that episode. Yeah. All right. That's fair. All right. Anyway, I'm going to try to keep this as brief as I can. But, you know, you guys, I'm not big on rewatches. I usually believe that your first opinion is more or less true. But, man, now I am a believer. If everyone else loves something, you know, critics and audiences alike, and you've only seen it once, give it one more shot. I could have missed out on such a good movie. Um, So I think the main thing that I just want to address is the pacing. I complained about the pacing a lot. That was an overall theme for me last week. Probably my biggest issue. I thought the movie was really pretty to look at, but I had a lot of expectations going in Hmm. and I never got there with the pacing. And the second watch, I had no expectations and I really let myself sink in and appreciate the pacing, which then made 
those big scenes so much more powerful. And I just appreciated it. And it reminded me of when we reviewed Halloween. You both, Greg and Rob, said that you could not quite get there with the pacing. And I think Greg like eventually picked on picked up on it. But Rob, you said you had to watch it a second time. Mm -hmm. So I am going to wave my flag and just say this was my Halloween. This was my Mm -hmm. the first watch. I wasn't quite there. But uh, yeah, (sighs) you guys, I am changing my rating from a three to a four. Wow. This movie was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I also wanted to quickly mention that I ended up watching the remake 2018 with Dakota Johnson. And, uh, yeah, um, you will never be the same after seeing this movie. So I really (laughs) hope that we review it one day on the podcast. And Mm -hmm. if anyone out there wants to email us and talk to me about the 2018 Suspiria, please do, because I need to fucking talk to someone about it. Like today, (laughs) were you traumatized? Right. Not in a bad way. I don't want you to think that it's a bad movie because far from it. It's very well done. But it is it's one of those movies that truly fucks you up. It's up wow. there with like hereditary and Midsommar. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, my, my question is, when you said you had expectations for the 1975 version of Suspiria, 77, what, 77, yeah. what expectations? I I think it's just that I knew that it was highly regarded by so many people and just very popular among amongst critics and audiences. And so I was thinking this was going to be amazing. And I wasn't, I don't know, I just wasn't ready for that pace. It didn't feel like it got there quick enough for me. So when things did happen, mm. I was already like, let's let's go let's move on yeah see like what i'm trying to figure out is how do people avoid that pitfall i bet you there are are tons of people out there who have not seen some of the big classics yeah shining halloween nosferatu totally you know and they're going to go into it with high expectations yep what would you say to them i mean do you have to actively go in and pretend it's like a movie you've never heard about or do you literally just have to watch it twice? I mean, look at the three of us respect everyone's opinions. In fact, we even kind of like it when people have an opinion that's different from the masses. But again, like I said, if it's a classic like that and you watch it once, I would say just give it one more shot and think about mm-hmm. it. Because a lot of these movies, The Shining including, it's it's a thinker. It's mm-hmm. It's the thinking that you do when you come out of watching that movie and as time passes, you know? In fact, you know what? Fuck it. I'll even say it's like Killer Clowns. My rating of Killer Clowns kept <laughs> yeah. going up and up and up as time passed. So, yeah, you know? Yeah. I was wrong. Yeah, it, it's super interesting, Greg, like you're talking about what's the spirit of being like, should you go into that movie trying to think of nothing? Like, don't look at r- critic reviews or don't look at ratings and just Oof, watch it for yeah. what it is. But it's interesting because this movie we're doing this week, Drag Me to Hell, to me was the complete opposite. I went in knowing nothing. And after watching it, I'm like, I actually need to know more for a rewatch. So it's almost the complete opposite. So it's like you can go in either way, but you might have to change your mind. It's just all about the second watch. There's no right answer. You guys. There's no right answer. Yeah. That's why we're doing the damn thing. You know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But that's cool though, Laura. That's cool that you, you watched it a second time and had a different opinion and changed it. And yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe you could be on board. Then when I get that 4k edition of Suspiria and we all come maybe watch it together and something like that. And you guys, Mm, I cannot wait for that. I really enjoyed it. So I'm, yeah, I'm so down to watch it again. In fact, I think after watching the remake, I need to watch it again because the remake 
really fucked me up, you guys. Oh my god, <laughs> it really got me. <laughs> That's funny. That's <sighs> funny. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so speaking of you know the movie we're doing this week, Drag Me to Hell. Uh, this was a conjecture choice. This was a Brad C. So, if anybody wants to email in about the murder of a kitty cat. You know, you can email in, put title "fuck Brad," and we'll, oh. we'll 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 talk to it. You know, we'll tell him what's up. You know, Brad, uh, Brad, 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 Brad. Boy. <laughs> yeah, uh, Laura, do you want to read uh, why he chose this movie? He said, "I am a big Justin Long fan, and I think it is fucking hilarious how much Rob loves him too." You guys haven't talked about him in a while, so I choose Drag Me to Hell. Very true. Very true. You know, so as much as he, you know, we had to watch a cat die. On the other hand, we got to see more Justin, so maybe that's an evil, an even balance. No, oh, an okay. evil balance. Yeah, yeah, an yeah. evil, an evil <laughs> balance. Yeah, okay. I guess so. Yeah. I I won't complain about Justin Long being in this movie. I have no complaints there, but it is not the same as sacrificing a kitten for no reason. Yeah, if it wasn't, if it was like an old cat. Would it have been even, you know, would have been okay? Or is the fact it's a kitten? It wound up being for no reason, but the intent was for there to be a reason. Uh, you yeah. don't buy that? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's okay. Not... I think between the three of us, Laura, wouldn't you say you're the biggest cat person? Yeah. So you're a little bit biased. Okay, sure. But I also am a dog person too. And what if it was a sweet little puppy? Oh, well, that that's a game changer. Oh, outrage. Yeah. Game changer. It's a game. Dude, game this, is, this is exactly like Rob <laughs> only thinking when little boys die sad versus little girls. I'm sorry. It's an animal. It's a sweet um, in, yeah. and domesticated animal. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. No animal should Thank have to you. die. But little girls, yeah, yeah we'll see. You know, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's uh, let, let's transition. Let's, let's get off this topic. We're, we'll talk about more later on in the show we have an argument about this later uh let's do let's do our horrorish segment of the week now uh let me get the drop going here okay we got a question this week we got uh laura i think this is your question you created right it was yeah i had a funny little idea if you guys were a real gypsy and you could cast a very specific somewhat mild spell on someone for revenge so i mean this cannot be like i send them to hell or i hope they die or i hope they have any kind of injury or they're in a coma you can't say anything like that it has to be very specific and just annoying enough to where it's gonna get them but not be dangerous okay mm -hmm. so what would it be what would your outrageous curse be wait it, it could be on anybody or we have to be like i have to choose one of you guys oh no 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 you don't have Ooh. to say who it's on you can think of someone oh, you, you know in real who? life in your head yeah it's just what the curse is here would you like me to go first because i okay, have yeah, yeah. Okay, i cool. definitely have time to think about this okay, go okay. first gypsy oh i yeah okay uh i hate bugs you guys i hate bugs and lately we have been having a little bit of an ant problem at our house um, if you are familiar with having an ant problem, then you know how annoying it can be. So my curse mm -hmm. on whoever I shall choose is going to be a nonstop, never ending fucking ant infestation that never goes away. You could try Ugh. raid, you could try traps and baits, you could even try to get an exterminator, you could try to move, you could try to fucking pack up and move, mm -hmm. but nope, they just keep coming day after day. 
getting into all your food. Maybe they're in your bed. Maybe they're in your hair. They're just fucking everywhere. Well, Laura, you're just describing like the life of like an islander in a third world country. I I feel like in some places, like you <laughs> just way to, to make me feel like you shit. just have to deal with ants like around you. There's no like you don't I don't have... think you understand what I'm saying. I have you have you ever had an ant infestation in your oh, home? Oh, it's it's definitely annoying. But I feel like after a, a year of dealing with it, you learn to cope with the ants, don't you? Don't you think? Um, what if they're in all of your food? You buy food, you put uh, it away, it's in all of your food. Um, what if they're well, coming, out, coming out of your butthole? What about that? Is that worse? Yeah, what if you have a little <laughs> you have a little itch in your ear and you go to itch it and you're like, oh, it's a fucking ant. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's annoying. Yeah, that's a good one. I would never want to live with that. You take clean clothes out of the dryer, ants. Oh, why do you, you got to yeah, go there? See? There you go. You're a dirty bastard, Greg. Gross. <laughs> You're not washing. You're not cleaning your clothes. What's going on <laughs> in your house, huh? Jeez. Oh, it's a curse. Oh, I forgot. Okay. I don't true. know. We've been dealing with that lately, and I was just thinking. I think that would be horrid. <laughs> Maybe you got cursed. Maybe somebody cursed you. <laughs> cursed on me for life, though. Like, oh yeah. my god. Sorry, Laura. Those ants are there forever. Okay. All right. All right. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty got? good. All right. Yeah. Uh, but you, so you weren't thinking about anybody specific when you came up with that one, though, Laura. You weren't. Oh, nobody? I totally was, but I, I'm not gonna. You can't. I'm not you can't gonna, say it. Oh. Nah, no. Nah. <laughs> All right. Well, off pod should tell us off pod. You know. Sure. Okay. I'll throw yeah. it up on Twitter. <laughs> uh, this is really awkward because it's you, Rob. No, I'm just oh, kidding. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew I felt no. an ant on my neck. Shit. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So what about you, Greg? Have you thought of somebody you want to curse? I did. When I heard this question, my mind immediately went to my pet peeves. And then, you know, I started cycling through them. And actually, I realized that they're pretty benign when you think about it. Like, I hate exactly. stuff like when my yeah. socks are wet or if, like, tip of my sweatshirt is wet or, you know, if my <laughs> my laundry is, um, like, sour. And I thought, that's, like, weak. You know what I came up with, though, is I think it would be completely messed up if every 10th word that came out of your mouth was just the F word. <laughs> so if, just you had, like, if you had Tourette's, like a, an actual condition? Oh, yeah, you guys are picking very, like, uh, things oh, that are actually to real that. people. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Shoot. Oh, I, thought I, I thought I had a good one. Way to make me feel like an asshole. Uh, Oh man! Well, this is this is harder than you guys thought. Wait, hold on. Let me let me pick it. So I had picked out a few of them. This one rose at the top, but now that you made me like a you know a big a hole, I'm gonna throw that at the bottom. <laughs> um, the next one that I thought of. Okay, let let this be number one. Number one. Okay. I thought it would be messed up. Like every time that you type a letter on your phone or your computer keyboard, you'd be forced to mouth the noise. Pew, pew, pew. What? <laughs> What is happening right now? <laughs> so, like, imagine you're you're at work and you're typing, or you're on your phone, and you just you just you have to go <laughs> for the rest of your life. Greg, do you know somebody in your office that does that? Is that why it annoys you? <laughs> he totally does. He's like fucking Bill in the cubicle next to me. He's a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god he's like shut up bill you don't need to mouth your words dude i liked your your initial example of always having wet socks in your shoes that would be awful oh that yeah be, like wherever tw- you go for the rest of your squish. life mm-hmm. yeah. oh see now that's that's the best one so far and that wasn't even mm-hmm. a real one yeah wow <laughs> You guys hold it in my back pocket. Very specific. I yeah. feel like Rob has something really interesting coming. Yeah, well, late on us. Hopefully, mine is not. You know, doesn't get screwed and become like actually the condition <laughs> or a location somebody lives in. Uh, 
But I'm going specific. I'm going to an actual person. Oh. And uh, I'm going to Brad C., you know, because he, he, he did this movie. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, Brad C., this one's for you. I'm going to curse you with everything you eat tastes like cat food. So, so that's oh no! So no matter what you get, you can get a you can get a sirloin steak like a porterhouse from like a really expensive restaurant. You take a bite, tastes like fucking cat food. You know, oh. you, you can get a nice you know I don't know cold like I don't know raise energy drink or something like that. And uh, you go to you go to drink it and cat food. Sorry, oh. man. So Rob, mm-hmm. l- let me tell you where your curse fails to really yeah, really curse. Them. I have one too, and it, it it's for this reason. You know, if if all of your food just tastes like cat food, basically bland and and terrible, you could pick the healthiest food to eat and you Mm -hmm. wouldn't care. And it would would put you in good shape. You wouldn't be tempted to eat sugar or fatty meats or, you know, ranch, you know, my my barbecue chicken pizza up in my bowl of ranch. Mm -hmm. You know, you wouldn't be tempted that you'd be like, it's all cat food to me. So let me just eat some collard greens, spinach, you know, some kale. And I'm, you know, become super fit. So Brad's super fit. Oh, there you go. Brad I'm, just turned into the rock. I mean, yeah. this is this is this is coming from a, a person that is fat and loves to eat all food. So that's why I thought it'd be horrible. So, but if he's already fit, then uh, well, good on you, Brad. You 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 get to be fit. You killed the cat, and, and you know, good job. Uh, yeah. So there we go. But at oh least mine's not a condition God. that people have like Tourette's. Uh, so. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay, wait. I have another one that I thought of. Okay. What if no matter how many times this person brushed their teeth, they just have the most rancid breath for the rest of their life? I mean, hmm. minus the fact that having dirty teeth can cause actual health conditions. So just try <laughs> to take that out of your mind. How could you actually ever be in a relationship? Laura, you've probably just reverted back to people who have an actual condition. Like, mm-hmm. that could be a thing. Where It's called, it's called gingivitis. So. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. This fucking podcast where we do swear every fourth word and we do talk shit all the time. All of a sudden, we have to be super PC about everything we say. You know what? Whatever. Okay. No, that's okay. That, that was a good one, Laura. That was, a, that was a good one. Nobody wants... Stop. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe Greg's angry. He has stink breath. He doesn't want to live right now. I don't know. Or I have a curse. What if you, you know you just didn't have any money and you had to live in a you know a poor neighborhood? That would be so messed up. That'd oh, be a good you curse. motherfucker! You know what? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay, that's the end of it, right? There. That would be a curse too. Yeah, yeah let's, let's end it right that. there, guys. Let's end it right okay. there. Yeah, yeah. Didn't Marilyn Manson actually do that? Oh my goodness! Oh, we're off the rails. We're off the rails, guys. Oh my goodness! We're not. We're not talking about Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> What rails, Rob? There are never any rails. Well, th- Thank that, that, you. save that for a Rob Zombie episode. That's a Rob Zombie thing. Come on. Um, oh yeah. So, if anybody wants to email in, uh, let us know what curse they would uh, put on people, what it involved, uh, anything like that. You can hit us up, conjecturingpod at Gmail or Twitter, Instagram at conjecturingpod. Um, so, let's get to the movie now. Let's get into the movie. No more Marilyn Manson. No more ribs or blowing himself or whatever he's doing over there. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it. Yeah, I know. I, I did. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, so oh. let's uh, let's get to our movie. Let's gra- grab our fly swatters. Let's get our fly swatters and get to the movie this week. Um, it's like we say, we're doing Drag Me to Hell, 2009 film. This is Sam Raimi, of course, the Evil Dead franchise, Spider-Man One and Two. Uh, I think he's actually doing the next Doctor Strange movie, if I'm not cor- if I'm mistaken. I think he's the one that oh. I picked up for that, which would be pretty cool. Um, cool. Budget of this movie thirty million dollars. Box office made ninety million. Mm. Made a good amount of money. Um, Laura, do you want to do some interesting facts? Yeah. So obviously, Sam Raimi, Evil Dead franchise. 
there are so many Evil Dead Easter eggs in this movie, and I'm just going to name a few of them. Uh, so the yellow Delta 88 is the same car used in the Evil Dead films. On the way to the cemetery, Christine says, I'm going to get some, which I don't know if you guys recall that line. It just seemed really out of place. But <laughs> that is a reference yeah. to Ash's line, come get some in the Evil Dead. And also when Clay Dalton or Justin Long, Rob's boyfriend, mentions traveling to his parents' cabin that has trees and is private. This is a direct reference to the cabin used in the Evil Dead. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Some other fun facts, some of the languages used or the lore influences are from Hungarian, Czech, and Greek culture, which I thought was really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, also, the license plate of Sylvia Ganusha's car is 99951. When this is turned upside down, it reads IS or IS 666. Oh, wow. That's cool. The license plate humor. It's been a while since we've seen that. I know. Yeah, yeah that's totally. True. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think the the guy at the DMV was, you know, he flipped it upside down and was like, you can't, you can't do this. Yeah, he's probably fine. Yeah. He's, he's probably, he's probably like, oh, probably like man. next. Yeah. Yeah. They don't give a shit. They did the bee eating you, Jeeper Creeper guy. So they're fine, you know? Um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> do you want to do cast Laura? So we have Allison Lohman as Christine Brown. She's our protagonist. Justin Long as Clay Dalton, the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Lorna Raver as Sylvia Ganoush. She's the old gypsy lady. We have Dilip Rowe as Ram Jass, the psychic, who Greg is dressed up as. <laughs> no, Ram, Ram Jass. Did you, you guys didn't get Joss. the. Yeah. So it's, it's a, definitely a play on the name Ram Dass, who's like a, an American mm. spiritual teacher that I, I've listened oh. to before. So it, it was like mm. when I heard that in the movie, I thought they're definitely playing on that. So oh, it's, wow. it's Joss. Yeah, nice. like okay, Joss Whedon. It. Yeah, Joss got nah, it. Nah, I don't think we should talk about him anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, like I'm oh, explaining the, the the phonetics. Of oh, it, okay, yeah. all right, all right, okay. Yeah. All you right. guys, we're doing really bad at this episode. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> gonna get kicked off the internet or some shit. Nah, we're all right. good. We're good. <laughs> uh, a few more people. We also have David Paymer as Jim Jacks. He's the boss. And Adriana Barraza, she plays uh, Sandana. Am I saying that correctly? I didn't think it was Dania, but I don't know. Greg's kind of my corrector, so he's shaking his head. No All comment. Right. No <laughs> comment. Uh, and she is the character. She's been wanting to confront the evil spirit or the Lamia mm. for decades. So mm -hmm. there you Wait, have it. The, the what? The, it's the, the Lamia? Lamia? No, it's the Lamia. And they say oh. it. <laughs> I thought, they uh... don't say Lamia? I thought they, they say Lamia. A Lamia? Like a like llama. <laughs> and I was I, like, all right. <laughs> I thought you said I thought you said labia. <laughs> That's oh, what the, we oh my oh labia. My Whoa. Okay. <laughs> guys, right. we are really off right now. What's happening? No, I think we're doing great. You know? I think we're cursed. <laughs> Somebody cursed us. Somebody cursed, cursed our pod. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I knew it was you I knew we got cursed. Oh my god. I knew that was gonna come up when I said we're, we're doing too well. We're doing too well, guys. We got cursed. Yeah. <laughs> Why are my oh, socks wet? God. God damn it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Laura, do you want to keep talking now and do movie synopsis? <laughs> Not really, but I'll do it. Fuck. I feel like I'm fucking up everywhere. Uh, Drag Me to Hell it begins with our protagonist, Christine. She's a seemingly very nice young girl who's just trying to, you know, get ahead in life. She has a uh, an educated, well-off boyfriend who I think she doesn't feel like she's good enough for. 
And she's also trying to get a promotion at work. She's a loan officer at a bank. Um, but her boss tells her that she needs to be more aggressive and learn how to make tough calls. So the very next client that Christina gets is this very ill older woman. Um, she just looks horrifying, honestly. And she wants a third loan extension. So, of course, Christine puts her foot down and says no. And the older woman begins to beg. And Christine sort of disgustingly, you know, yells at her to get off. And, and she, quote unquote, shames her in front of mm -hmm. everyone. Well, turns out little old lady is a gypsy. And once she feels shamed by Christine, she curses her. So now in three days time, Christine will be quite literally dragged to hell unless she's able to figure out a way out of it. Nice synopsis. Nice synopsis. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to ask you, you guys right away, like, like, do you think uh, she did anything wrong in the beginning of this movie as the loan officer? No, I don't think so either. Right. I, yeah. I don't no, think she did anything she like that bad to deserve like what she got you know i mean yeah. killing the kitten aside that might be the point where i'm like okay you should go to hell but right. the beginning i'm like it's not that bad right what do you think yeah, but Greg? at the same time in the first scene of the movie you see a little boy who's been cursed because he stole the necklace from this mm -hmm. uh, yeah. witch so it, it 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 kind of plays into the idea of of the suspiria witches from last week they're they're petty They'll do anything to to get the the leverage on other people. They'll curse them. They'll do whatever just to have power over them. So if it means you know uh, she shamed her, I think that's mm -hmm. that's sufficient warrant for the witch to curse her. I like I agree with you. She's probably just following the her um you know the lender's policy. Two extensions on a mortgage is I think that's grace enough to say the third one. You know you've already been given two slaps on the wrist. Mm -hmm. Um. That said, she was given the option to grant her the extension. So she probably yeah. had some moral misstep. But as far as like policy goes, I mean, most people would in her position would probably do the same thing. Okay, that's true. Yeah, yeah it's, wanted, it's tough. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you guys right out of the gate of like, what, what do you think about that? You know, but uh, yeah, I want to do something yeah. a little different to start this one. I don't kind of actually want to start in the opening of this movie. I kind of just want to go some overall thoughts. Uh, of it. the movie because yeah. to me like I, like I said earlier when we started recording of like I had to watch this movie twice like the first time I watched it I don't think I got it I had to go back and watch Sam Raimi's uh the evil dead to kind of get a sense of his wow. his like horror you know comedy like ratio and kind of like hmm. see that before watching this a second time um so I really just want to go overall thoughts of this movie and with that like the horror slash the campiness of some of this movie and you know just as like an overall thought piece and then of course it being pg-13 you can get into that a little bit but uh but what do you think laura like overall about this movie yeah i mean just getting right into it my biggest thing is that i don't think this movie knew its own identity hmm. that to me is the biggest problem i think obviously he wanted to be very similar to the evil dead franchise and in that way of the campiness and the ridiculous over the top feeling. And it's kind of not based in reality, hmm. but the thing with the evil dead was that it was just still such a, like a rock star movie. And it was just such a joy to watch, not only despite of those things, but because of it. Whereas I feel like I didn't get that fully with this movie, at least not at first when this movie began, I was taking it pretty seriously. And then Same. at some point there was a switch 
And nor, and it's too bad because if I would have known it was going for this from the get-go, I would have probably appreciated it much more. But I was in it thinking this was a s- serious, scary movie. And then when I got that switch, I just like, I had trouble following it after that. And so, yeah, I just feel like the identity was wrong. Yeah. There, was, there was a misstep somewhere with yeah. all of that. I'm exactly with you. That's exactly my thought watching this movie was that uh, of watching the beginning and thinking like I'm in for a straight horror movie, maybe with comedic elements. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and it is weird. It's almost like a third of the movie, maybe half is pretty straightforward. You right. know, horror, yeah. like creepy, you know, it's PG-13. So there's no gore. There's no cussing. There's no blood. Well, there's one scene of blood. Um, yeah. But, uh, and, you know, and then it kind of does this weird turn for me, Laura, the turn that it took me on where I was like, wait, what is this movie is the anvil scene where they're in the huh? she's in the uh, <laughs> yeah. where she's in like a, a shed and she's collecting things. And the old woman oh, comes out and she yes. shoves her she shoves her arm in her throat. And then like an anvil falls on her head and her eyes pop out. But it's like the anvil. the anvil, Looney Tunes. Yeah, the anvil hits her. And it makes like a sound effect too of like a bong. And I was like, wait, in that moment, I was like, what movie am I watching right now? Yeah. Because <laughs> up, to, up to that point, it was pretty straightforward and creepy. But when mm-hmm. that happened, I'm like, this is, yeah, like you said, Greg, very like, com- very cartoonish. Oh, very. And, and that's the thing is like, it wasn't like that from the start. And that's kind of like what no. I'm talking about. It just does this weird switch. So mm-hmm. what do you think, Greg? Like, what do you think about that? Are you with us too? I, I'm i with you guys in terms of how it made me feel when you watch it for the first time. You feel a little bit mixed. Am I supposed to take it seriously or funny? Which is a common thing that we've experienced in a lot of the movies, the horror movies that we've watched, where there are comedic aspects to it. But I was okay with it. I, you know, as I was watching it, the way that it's shot, entertained me i thought oh my god this is horrific yet it's entertaining it's horrifically yeah. entertaining i didn't know how to how to put it it's like where I, where I liked how you guys said Shaun of the dead was a comedy horror i would almost put this as a horror comedy mm-hmm. where it was clearly a horror movie but there, there are comedic elements to it which are like that. goofy the way that it's shot one thing i noticed was the camera shots were zooming in and out and it seemed kind of gimmicky, but it was definitely playing into the the humor and, and the the entertaining aspect about it. I liked it because I don't know. I mean, it just it it, it was definitely weird going from scene to scene. But the second time around, I thought that it it diffused a lot of the grossness uh, hmm. to me. You know, when the moment that you see the old hag, so throughout the entire movie, she's cursed. So she continually has these disgusting images of this witch haunting her. And there's a lot of like mouth horror where she's throwing up in her mouth, mouth or something horror. in her mouth. It's <laughs> <laughs> a subgenre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and count me out of that. That no, is so you know not my horror. cup of tea. Yeah, your mouth is like this sacred place on your body that you don't let anything enter because that's where you immediately become contaminated or infected well, so it's very invasive like you have to be careful what you oh, fuck what you yes put in your mouth, you know exactly <laughs> it's the biggest you know I, okay. it's the biggest orifice in your body right that's but why they, people hate the dentist it's they don't realize it but it's so invasive it makes you feel horrible yeah i'm on the opposite spectrum but okay <laughs> i'm on the opposite spectrum you're okay with the dentist <laughs> No, no. I just think of other things you do with your mouth and pleasure. Yeah, I knew. You know. Yeah, yeah, right. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a half glass full guy. You know, I'll put it as that. You know. Uh, <laughs> all right, Greg. What do you, what, you can continue? Sorry. No. Well, that's it. Like I, I thought that it. it 
I thought it worked for me because they they hit you with a lot of disgusting, gross horror. And I think we've talked about this. We're not the type that like that, where it's right. just it's gross and disgusting. But when they throw this comedic tone to it, it allows you to. It allowed me to like digest it. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> from scene to scene, and let me get onto the next. So whenever uh, you know something ha- happens, right, and then you move on to the next scene, I was never thinking about the the scene prior to that because I thought, well, they kind of made it goofy. They, they made it light. We're just on to the next part of the curse, and I was mm-hmm. okay with it. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just so weird. Like thinking back on this movie, like I really like both aspects of this movie i really like the creepiness stuff it's just weird being pg-13 but i really because yeah. some of the stuff really creeped me out and i had a couple good jump scares but like the whole like um what is it called the the lamia lamia guy whatever it's called the goat i thought demon. it was lamia but okay whatever the goat demon you're uh, lamia you know <laughs> <laughs> the the goat demon every time they showed they showed it or him or whatever you want to call it like as a shadow like i thought mm-hmm. that was fucking really cool and creepy you know there's, yeah. the, there's the one scene where it's like standing at the door and you can see like the hooves underneath mm-hmm. the door as a shadow and then they turn into hands like that stuff i was like wow like that's super creepy like that horror element i thought was really really great you know, and then when you go to like, if you take the comedic stuff, you know, like when she, the anvil's falling on her head and and even like the towards the end when she's, you know, trapped in the grave with the water and oh and the, the crucifix falls on her head and it like makes a bonking sound. <laughs> and, you know, and it's like ridiculous. And I laugh in those moments. And I think separately, they're really good. But for some reason, when you put them together in a movie, it just seems so odd. Like, it doesn't seem like they go together. You know what I mean? Yeah, or like that scene where they're doing they're doing the seance. Oh they, they've god! Got the, they've got the goat. <laughs> oh yeah, and they they finally get the Lamia's soul trapped in the goat's body, and, they, and then he has that goat voice. You tricked me, you black hearted whore! <laughs> yeah. I laughed so hard because it was so ridiculous. I did too, and see, I Dude. really like separately those scenes, those like comedic, funny scenes that are ridiculous. I mm-hmm. laugh and I th- I actually enjoy them, but like when you throw it into like the beginning creepiness of this movie it just feels so weird it is weird so it's yeah. it's hard to like actually not separate it and think of it as a whole movie mm-hmm. it's odd it's very odd you know you know because I, I watched this movie twice you know second time around definitely easier to watch because i was i knew what to expect now i knew what i'm getting into so i was able to watch it and actually enjoy it way more than i did the first time i was just kind of confused mm-hmm. about the tone so the mm-hmm. second time i enjoyed it more so this is like we were talking about with suspiria and, yeah. and this is just like you have to watch this movie twice especially if you don't know anything going in don't um, you dare compare this to suspiria <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying definitely you have to rewatch this movie twice <laughs> no, if you don't know anything like that you know yeah um yeah but uh yeah let's get into characters acting now real quick you know uh what do you guys think of the the main actress in this movie what do you think of my boy justin you know did he kill it like he does in every other movie uh anybody else you want to shout out i guess the old the old woman the old hag as greg called her um what do, you, what do you think, Greg? You want to shout out any actors? Cheryl, I can touch on the, the top three. First one being the main actress. I, I forgot. What's her name? Yeah, Allison Lohman. Yeah, Allison Lohman. She was okay to me. I thought she did a pretty good job. I mean, given the circumstances. I mean, the three of us are confused about the tone of the movie. So you have to wonder when you're an actor, actress, 
how are you trying to deliver your lines knowing that this is a horror slash comedy? I don't know. I think you would get confused. I thought a lot of her lines were kind of overacted, but then again, I mean, you got to give her credit for doing what she was doing. Um, Justin Long, I have to give you credit, Rob. Like he was probably <laughs> my favorite actor to this entire movie. I you got to give Brad credit. No, 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 for Brad. Picking this movie, <laughs> anything with Justin, I get points for. That's that's my boy. <laughs> I feel I feel like I get it. He, his delivery is so natural. He's so likable, mm-hmm. and he's not awkward at all. And I feel like he's just channeling maybe what his natural personality is. <laughs> okay, uh, wait. We have to just shout out real quick. Rob is like making out with his Justin Long. Screenshot it, Laura. It's supposed to be a little secret. Come on now. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> what happens on Zoom? What happens on Zoom stays on Zoom. Come on. Okay. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I know. It goes it's out true. to the world. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> okay, no, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I totally agree. I, I, every scene that Justin Long is in this movie, it's my favorite scene. You know, he's just he's so like likable in this movie. Yeah. And and you could tell like just being charming and funny and you know, his normal Justin self. Uh I see him in every movie like this. So uh I, I'm definitely biased. <laughs> uh what about you, Laura? What do you think of Justin in this movie? I loved him. I agree. There I think go. he nailed it being that like supportive but also somewhat skeptical boyfriend. Yeah, I thought he his acting was perfect. Let's just do our favorite Justin scenes right now. So our, the, my <laughs> two of my favorite Justin scenes are one when they go into the uh, the psychic reading room yeah. and and he's just like what he's saying, Greg. Something of like, oh my god, they I, they don't have everything I want. Oh no, they do. They have a shrunken monkey head, you know. Yeah. And like his delivery there was so funny in that moment. Um, and then my other one I liked a lot too was the part after she kills her little kitty cat and he's he's asking her like he's like oh something about because there's there's a cat at the parents house that hisses at her and so uh she's like oh you know i don't like cats and justin's like well what about your cat oh well you mean where he says that you have a cat yeah you know she goes um oh you know cats they go outside and then we just who knows what happens and he just kind of he's standing up for her he goes well that's true okay (laughs) (laughs) he has a very natural delivery to to, and and this is i haven't seen many justin long movies i mean it's like dodgeball jeepers creepers that's it for me but he has a good natural delivery and it's you can't you can't call him on anything he just does a really good job he's very he's very convincing yeah i agree laura do you have any favorite justin moments you want to shout out you know (laughs) I, I think you guys already talked about the funnier ones. Uh, you know, he didn't have a whole lot of opportunities to be super funny in this movie because he didn't have as much screen time. But mm-hmm. um, I really enjoyed the scene, the awful scene where they're having dinner with his parents because, I mean, he clearly he's just so sweet. He will stand up for her no matter what. I mean, mm-hmm. she is screwing up at this dinner left and right. I mean, mostly out of her control. And uh yeah, he's just standing up for her, and I thought that that was really sweet. I liked mm-hmm. him a lot. Wait, can I shout out the the seance, the what do you call him, psychic guy, Ramjas? He's mm-hmm. the guy. Have you guys seen Inception? He's the guy who oh, runs yeah, the Inception right. machines. I thought he was also a really good actor too, and I thought his interactions with Justin Long were pretty funny because Justin in this movie is a psychologist and he's skeptical of mm-hmm. the occult. So he goes into this guy's, you know, palm reading shop and Christine opens up. I'm Christine and this is Clay. And then immediately he goes, but you probably already knew that. Right. And then Ram Joss is his, his, um, passive 
aggressive smile and the way he was blinking and looking at Justin Long, their interactions throughout the whole the whole scene were just funny because it wasn't over the top. This is the thing is like it, I think you have an easy opportunity to be the skeptical boyfriend of like, oh, this is so stupid. There's no such thing as the spiritual, the mystical, and just made him a total douchebag. But he was funny in his delivery as well as constrained. This is why and the guy who plays Ram Joss is is equally constrained in not feeling offended by it. And I thought their banter back and forth was just so great. And then throughout the whole movie, both of them were really good. Hmm. Yeah. Nice, nice. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Can I talk about a little bit more of the actors, not just Justin Long? <laughs> Rob's like, no, <laughs> you <laughs> shall not. Or is this the Justin Long show? <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess I guess you can talk to somebody else. Okay, all right, go for it. All right. Yeah. As far as like the other actors in this movie, I mean, the gypsy woman was foul. So check. She did her job. You know, (laughs) I actually thought the actor who played her boss, uh, Mr. Jax, Mm. he's been in some other stuff before. He was really funny. I laughed at a lot of his scenes. So, I mean, overall, I think all of the acting except for Christine's was spot on. I am actually completely opposite of Greg. I did not think she was an over actress. I thought she undersold it hmm. so many times. She does this thing where in a very serious scene, she gets very low, very breathy. And is just like, oh, yes. but I'm so scared. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I took that as overacting because it seemed like she was trying to go somewhere. But you took that as her not doing enough. Right. Mm. Oh, okay. Like if I were scared at a seance, I'd be like, God, I'm so scared right now, you know? And she was just like, but what if I'm scared? Yes. I agree with that. It really bothered me. Daniel day Laura's back. Wow. That was a good, that was a good take, Laura. (laughs) It's a good, I feel like you should do the remake of this movie. (laughs) You're good. (laughs) Oh man. That's funny. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm with you guys. Yeah. She was just kind of whatever to me. In this yeah. movie. And it's just so crazy because a lot of people shot her out as being really great in this movie. Uh, you know, like 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 we we haven't talked about it yet, but the, the rotten tomatoes for this movie are very high. Well, one is very high. The the critic uh, score for rotten tomatoes is ninety-two percent, which is crazy. And that then the, the audience score is sixty-two percent, which might be a little more, I think, realistic. But a lot of them that I kind of just quickly uh, reviewed, a lot of them shouted her out as being like really great in this movie. So I don't you know, I, well, I don't know. We're just continuing the theme of the night and being giant a-holes. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's get into like the scare factor in this uh, in this movie, the horrorish elements. Mostly, just talk about the gypsy lady and the curse and and all the stuff that she has to go through in this movie because it's all pretty horrific, you know, mm-hmm. until it turns into like Looney Tunes. But uh, you know, what what do you think about all of it, Laura? Do you want to spot out any specific ones? You know, uh, do you want to take your teeth out? I, you know what? I'm not going to talk any more about the gypsy. Uh, any scene with her was disgusting. She kept trying to eat Christine's face off. I think that is so foul. I just like, I don't know. I, I want to forget all about it. So again, it was obviously very effective on me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, minus the ending scenes where things got a little too over the top and silly. Like, especially that seance scene. I felt like I was on the Haunted Mansion ride at Disneyland. I mean, come on. (laughs) This is ridiculous. No, but, you know, I there were a ton of jump scares in this movie, and I am not immune to them. So I will admit, I jumped Mm -hmm. a lot, especially at the beginning. 
Yeah. I jumped a lot. So it does have those scary moments in there. They had mm. good jump scares. There was one where, where the Lamia first haunts her and she thinks it's outside of her door and she tries to use her phone to call 911 and she looks down and is on her, the, it's the wallpaper of her oh, phone God. and it, it makes that loud noise. And anytime she suddenly sees the old witch, I thought yeah. they did a really great job with the jump scares better. You know, I, I never felt like they were cheesy or over the top. I thought they were just effective the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's multiple times where like her fucking handkerchief is scaring you. Which yeah. is, if, somebody, yeah. if somebody told me you're going to watch this movie and you're going to be scared of a handkerchief flying around, I'd be like, you're fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> if they do it multiple times and every time it makes me jump, like, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, every, every time. It goes a handkerchief. Yeah. <laughs> every time it fucking got me i was like dang that's crazy you know yeah so there's, there's some legit good jump scares in this movie definitely you know um yeah uh, do, greg do you want to shout out any of the uh old woman yeah one that was so gross was when she has this vision of the old woman waking up next to her in the bed and she gets on top of her and just vomits <laughs> A voluminous amount of maggots into her face and her mouth. It's yeah. like a wheelbarrow of maggots <laughs> just came out of her mouth. And whoever, I mean, $30 million is going to the special effects in this movie. That scene, I just I was like, oh my God. I think I was eating a little pizza pocket at the time. I could not take oh, it. Oh, no. That's disgusting. Yeah. That's nasty, Ugh. though. That's nasty, man. I had to wait till the next scene to, to finish that piece. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, that's something, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, the actual effects in this movie were really good for, I mean, this is yeah. 2009. They, they held up really well. I didn't think yeah. anything looked super old CGI or anything like that. No. Or, you know, because I, I feel like I didn't even expect a lot of like computer graphics, you know, or anything like that. But they, they did a really good job with all the effects in this movie. I thought they looked really clean. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do you want to are we going to do a grave digging tonight, Greg? Speaking of vomiting. Is it a, you know, is that a good segue? Yes. Let's yes. do it. Let's hit, drop the okay. drop the beat or whatever you call it. Graves, 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 graves. Can I talk about? All right, we got we got Graves here, everybody. He's back. He's uh, dressed like a he's dressed like a gypsy woman, I guess. So I don't know what's going on <laughs> right now. <laughs> Maybe that's how he became Graves. He got cursed. <laughs> do you uh, do you have wet socks, Graves? Do you cuss every tenth word? Do you uh, have to? Have you guys, to... we all cuss every tenth word. Why? Why do you yeah, keep know, saying that's true. like that's a bad... that's true? Yeah. Do you have do you have ants in your butthole? You got anything like that? <laughs> oh, can you imagine if you got buried alive and there were just ants everywhere? Thank you, Graves. Oh, you get Gra- it. Graves acknowledges the ant horror, but uh, yeah, Graves Greg will not. It. Yeah, Graves gets it. He's from a third world country. He understands. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so what's up, Graves? What do you got? What do you got for us tonight? What'd you, what'd you dig into? Part of the confusion when I watched this movie the first time was I was so confused. And I don't know. I guess I termed it earlier in this pod episode. There was a lot of mouth horror, right? The old lady's always, you know, biting her gums on her. There's a lot of vomiting from mouth to mouth, flies going. There's a lot of sick mouth stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So one theory that I had come across the internet, which was so interesting, and I don't know if it has a name, but I'm going to call it the bulimia theory. It's the idea that this whole movie, while partially, you know, about a woman trying to overcome a witch's curse, it's simultaneously just a giant allegory for a woman who's 
anxious about her self image and she's, you know, trying to get through an eating disorder mm. or an eating addiction. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting. It sounds ridiculous because when you watch the movie, you know, that's the last thing on your mind is, is her personal problems or her personal conditions. But then I started reading some certain points about this theory and I thought there may be something to it. So Rob, when you mentioned watching it a second time, I thought I'd give this movie another spin too and see if I look at it through the lens of this bulimia theory, if it makes sense. And I think it does. Yeah, I can see that. So essentially, you know, when the first scene happens after the opening credits, the first thing you see is she's in her car, right? And she's from the farm. So she's trying to get over her, I guess, Midwestern accent in order to uh, blend in more with with the Western lifestyle, right? So, you know, she was listening to those tapes. Mm -hmm. Well, clearly on the dashboard of her car is a giant money doll sticker. Do you guys know what a money doll is? Mm -mm. It's a money doll is like a blank doll that is just this white doll that they give the kids and they can decorate it however they want and make it any shape that they want so the and and when you watch this movie the second time you see it's so in your face and it makes me think that okay well they're trying to give us a hint that there's something about body image that they want to talk about and then as she walks from her car to her job at at the, the bank loan place do you guys remember her popping by the bakery and looking at some pastries in the window and mm-hmm. thinking like mm, that looks good i'm just but then she passes it up mm-hmm. so there are tons of things like this in the movie that make you realize she's dealing with body image issues there's the scene when she's at home in her kitchen after she's already been cursed and you know she's flipping through the the cookbook and a picture falls out it's a photo of her as a kid and it says something like uh, it's like a pig you know she was on a farm so she raised pigs and she had them in some kind of contest but they called i guess she was called the pig queen as a kid and you can tell yeah. in the photo that she was overweight yeah it was it was like miss pork pie or something like that yeah miss pork pie it, it was, was like, like, really, like almost insulting to be like oh okay it was it was because she was clearly a heavyset girl and um it's it's interesting so part of the theory is that Ganush, which is the old witch, is essentially her projected future bulimic self. So the first thing is is Gan- is Ganush, right? Uh, the first thing you think about is Baba Ganush, right? Which is like a, a dish that's very rich. It's very fatty dish, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when this old woman pops up into her bank uh, and asking for this extension on her bank loan, you see all this gross stuff happening. And, you know, her te- she takes out her dentures and she's coughing a lot. She's hacking up stuff. Mm-hmm. And her, her hair is starting to fall out. So all of these things are actually symptoms of anorexia and bulimia because the condition happens when you throw up or you call it purging, I guess. See, I'm not an expert on this. It's something I've started reading about over the last 24 hours. You throw up in order to, you know, uh, lose weight. You, you want to look thin. So either you don't eat, which is anorexia or bulimia, which is you do eat your regular amount, but you throw it up. Um, and you see that the woman, the, the witch is coughing a lot when in the parking structure, she's coughing, she's kind of hacking, which is, it's supposed to mimic like the sound of, a of purging, which is a, a bulimic practice. And you see multiple times throughout the movie, she pulls her hair off of her head. Do you notice that? Yeah. And losing your hair is, is un- again, another symptom of an eating disorder. Same mm-hmm. thing with discolored fingernails. You know, it can happen when you, you know, stick your finger in your throat too much the uh, the stomach acids get on your fingers and it kind of discolors them so she sees this with the old witch at her bank you know she's got that tapping and she, yeah. she looks at her fingernails it looks gross and disgusting 
the theory is that she's really creating a hyperbolic image in her head that is just extreme and not really what is happening in reality. But and the reason why she's doing this is because she's trying to get this promotion at work, right? And she grew up kind of heavy set. And she's just hit with so much insecurity. You know, when Justin Long is on the phone with his mother, his mom is saying, oh, you don't, you shouldn't be dating a farm girl. Uh, you should be dating someone of high class that can make you, you know, can raise your social status. So she's dealing with all of these pressures, the societal pressures to look good, to be successful. And the thing with the handkerchief, like you said, uh, Rob, there's constantly a handkerchief. Every time the handkerchief floats towards her, that represents the cleansing of a purge. You know, you, you wipe mm-hmm. your mouth, you, you kind of clean yourself up. Um, do you guys remember when the, the witch is in her back seat and she's trying to attack her and she puts it into the third gear and she crashes into like a column mm-hmm. in the parking structure? The theory is that when she, what has actually happened is she is done under eating and she has passed out in her car and she crashed into that column by herself, which is something that could happen when you're malnourished. You know, you don't have enough energy. You don't have enough nutrients. Um, you can just pass out at certain times. So that's what it was. And that was also the moment where she pulled out the button. She pulled the button off of um, Christine's dress. And again, button, it makes you think that it's so uh, benign and it, it has nothing to do with anything. But a button, you know, that represents her anxiety and insecur- insecurity of self-image, mm. right? Because a person who's dealing with weight issues, they're constantly haunted by their buttons. If you think about it, you know, it's just going to fit when I like right now, like my shirt right now, I'm pretty heavy set too. Like my shirt doesn't button very well and it's, it's tight. So you're constantly fixated on the button and making sure things fit. So when the witch pulls the button off of her shirt and she, you know, she pulls it up to her mouth and whispers the curse and she opens her mouth. It's almost like daring her to eat, Hmm. you know? So there are so many pieces of symbolism in this movie that when you watch it, it just, it makes so much sense. And anytime that there's food introduced on screen, that's the time that Christine gets attacked by the spirit. The first time that she's at her house, she's in the kitchen, she's baking a cake, right? And then she sees the photo of her overweight self. The moment that she crumples it up because she's ashamed of it, that's when the Lamia pops up into her house and starts haunting her. So it's almost like she's just haunted by her anxiety of, of her body image the entire movie. So it's so crazy, you know? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I do know that, that pretty much every time there is an attack from the gypsy woman or whatever, that it always has to do with her mouth. Yeah, whether oh, God, it's like always. you know the the gypsy woman is is putting her whole arm in her mouth, or the handkerchief is going in her mouth, or she's throwing up in her mouth. So it is definitely like that stuff of it. I mean, the whole thing about like the buttons, you know, being the shirt. I'm like, that's pretty interesting. I didn't even think about that, and yeah. all the little things you're talking about are actually interesting. You know, uh, what, what do you think about that, Lord? I didn't catch a lot of these uh, little things that you're mentioning, but. Obviously, there was a scene where she starts binging on ice cream. Mm -hmm. And this was after we saw her find the photo of herself. So I already was like, okay, like she's struggling with this. And then the scene where she attends, you know, Sylvia Ganusha's funeral. Yeah, thank you. Funeral, wake. You know, she's greeted by her niece, I believe, or granddaughter at the Mm -hmm. door. And she kind of, she's also a gypsy. And so she has some kind of, I don't know, powered sense auras and all of that Mm -hmm. jazz and you know she says to her you used to be big huh and she kind of pauses and goes yes 
even the scene at, at the diner. Do you guys remember at the diner when she's trying to pawn off this curse on someone else? She looks, she scans the entire diner and she sees these different people eating, mm-hmm. right? A couple eating, a family eating. And she, all she is doing is drinking her little coffee at the bar and the waitress ridicules her for, for that. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you're not going to actually eat. I, I need tips. You need to get food. And then the moment that she orders food, she orders ice cream and she orders seconds. The same waitress ridicules her. She's like, really? You're going to have another ice cream? And it's like, if you're dealing with body issues, this is something that is probably causing a lot of anxiety. It's like, I I can't have it both ways, you know? Mm -hmm. I just thought of something, too. The scene where the fly goes into her mouth, and then this is before the bloody nose, and she goes to work, and she feels the fly floating around in her belly. And you can just tell it's... She has this empty belly. Yes. With like a fly buzzing in there. That's like hunger. That's like hunger hunger sounds, hunger pains. Wow. I think you're onto something. That's good. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, I agree (laughs) with, uh, I agree with all you're saying. Like it all like actually has like an interesting, because if it's not that, then the whole story of her being from the farm has no reason to be in this movie. Yeah, it's too much a coincidence. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. because if it's not, then there's no reason. It, there's just no point to it. But but I I don't I can't go as far as to say that like like this is all a hallucination by her. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it is happening, but I, I think it's a combo. I think that this gypsy has the power to curse her to hell. She also is going to have the power to affect her in a way that she knows is personal to her. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. I think she probably did suffer because obviously this actress is not like she looks like she's pretty fit. She's, you know, uh, a mm-hmm. thinner woman for sure. So then you have to you know put that into the storyline. And OK, so you used to be this big kid. Um, how, you know, how she got to be thinner. Maybe she was bulimic. Maybe she was anorexic. Yeah. And so the gypsy is using that to taunt her mm-hmm. because we know for those three days before they go to hell, they're just being taunted with. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's almost like it finds your worst fear or mm. what, you know what I mean? And focuses on that. And that's what it yeah. structures your torture on. I think it's more that than, than like, this is like all in her mind. You know, I don't, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't go that far. I, I mm. contend and I can even look at the last scene of the movie and I believe it could still all be in her mind. What? Okay. How? <laughs> let me, and first let me get, let me back up before that. When they're on the road and, and they almost hit that old man, mm-hmm. Justin Long doesn't look at it as an, as an old witch. He goes, Oh wow. We almost hit that old guy. So it's all this stuff is happening directly to her. Well, that's because she's the one that was cursed. Not because that she's the one that's hungry. Yeah. But I, I feel like, <laughs> anything that's actually happening could be explained away by other other reasons you know what i mean (laughs) so my idea let's let's go to the end and i'll tell you how there's another alternative to that which the end i have to say i i pretty much i hope did you guys predict it too yes yeah very predictable i didn't i didn't predict it really oh man no i didn't predict it the second that button went in an envelope i was like oh geez okay because who puts a coin a single coin in an envelope Mm. it's yeah well no for me it was when they were in the car and she drops it amongst all the other envelopes i was like "Uh, that's not gonna look that turn out well right i thought i thought it would have been better at the end if uh if justin long died at the end Mm. i thought that would have been cooler actually what like i feel like that would have been a cool twist to be like, oh shit, like Justin Long found it and he gets dragged to hell 
And then she's left standing there like, that's your boy. How oh, I know. You? I'm just saying like as a, as a <laughs> twist, as a twist at the end, I thought like that would have been cool, you know? Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we're keeping Graves on right now to the end of the pod. So I guess Greg's not coming back, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, cause you want to talk about the ending. So set, set up the ending Graves, go for it. Oh my God. Where did, where, where does the ending start? I, I think where it starts <laughs> is they, they try to run a seance to, to drive the demon out of her life. It doesn't work. They do their best. But what they, what she theorizes is that she can give this button, this curse button, to somebody else, and the Lamia will go after that person. So she thinks of all kinds of people that she might do it to, and she finally lands on the idea, like you know, what? I'm going to give it back to this old witch lady. She's dead. So what I, what she has to do is dig her up in the rain and give it back to her as a formal gift. So mm-hmm. she does it. She digs up the grave. You know, she stuffs this envelope with the uh, what she thinks is the button into her mouth, and she, that's it. She she leaves. I, I she's do. Happy. I do have to say the whole like digging out grave scene. It's a pretty badass scene for this actress. Like I yeah. think it's one of the only scenes in this movie where I'm like her her acting was on point when she's like digging it up and she's like, take this, you bitch. And she like throws it in her mouth. And I was like, I actually really like that whole like sequence for this actress. I thought she actually killed it. Rob, I agree that that scene was awesome. And that line was awesome. However, because of what I saw up until that point, but well, I'm not mentioning no... it. We don't need to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it, yeah. So that to me wasn't enough. Yeah. You know, I, I won't talk about this for too long, but I think the thing with this character is, is that she starts off extremely likable. And then as the movie goes on, you're actually like, is she that likable or does she actually make poor decisions? Because she did try to give her curse away to an unknowing stranger. And at one point she even looks at her boyfriend in the car and couldn't, I think she oh, considers really? oh, giving it to him. Yes. Nah. And she easily kills her kitten. Oh, well, that's, no problem. Yeah, there's no coming back from that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that line would have worked mm-hmm. normally. But by then I was just like, you're not cool. Don't be I, yeah, cool. I get what you're saying. As, as a whole, as a whole, you're kind of like, oh, okay. Like a little too little too late, you know? But, yes, uh, but, thank but you. yeah, it, it, if you just take that scene by itself, it is a fucking cool ass scene. It is. You it's know? really cool. Especially the way that they transition out of it into the next scene. You know, when she emerges from the grave and she's finally done the deed, she looks up and she's got mud all over her face with the rain coming down and then it fades into her in the shower while the the water's washing it away as if she's clean and she's moved on from the whole ordeal i thought that was such a cool cut right there yeah, yeah. i agree okay you want to continue setting it up graves yeah this is at the end of the movie so they want to go on to this this trip to santa barbara to kind of forget about this whole ordeal she m- meets justin long's character at the la metro train station and she essentially what happens is you know she's like okay well i'm so glad that uh we're past this i'm ready to go and he goes oh you know it's too bad that you got this new coat she picked up a new coat in the train station because i found this button in the car and she thought that the button had gone into the grave apparently the envelopes got mixed up you know this coin that she had given him later earlier in the movie he had put an envelope and then when she had dropped it his car got mixed up so the curse is still alive and because he I guess, I don't know if he actually has it or she didn't give it to him as an actual gift. So I think she's still cursed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she discovers that. And this is kind of the big reveal at the end and horrified. She kind of steps back and falls into the subway tracks. And as a train approaches her, you just see these, you know, hellish hands 
come in from the ground and pull her into a hell dimension, essentially. Mm-hmm. And Justin Long, just his terrified face looks awful. And then that's it. Bad. That's the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, yeah. I mean, you have to give it up for Justin Long in that scene of yeah. like, he's like screaming. He's like tear in his eye at the same time. He loved like, her. Yeah. Man, he, he, he just killed that scene as far as acting goes. Like, I wonder how many takes he did that scene. I would be interested to find out. But, uh, yeah. Okay, but how is this in? Yeah, I'll, I'll explain why this could even work. <laughs> Justin with Long was hungry in that moment. He was a hungry guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that. So, I, watching it the second time, I really think it it fits too. She gets pulled into the ground just as the train passes over her, mm-hmm. right? So, I think what happened is she fainted. I think because this is a common symptom of bulimia and. and anorexia she fainted and she fell back on the tracks and the train ran her over and justin's horrific expression Mm. is her being hit by the train and that's what happened Mm. all right okay i think it works Rewatch that scene i think you'll see (laughs) 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 yeah i mean i I can see that like uh, you know justin's character would have the same exact reaction yes if she would have got ran over by the train i mean either way she's dying and it happens when you see it it happens right when the train passes over so i mean it's just it's just crazy because like i I did the same thing as you graves like i went online and searched out (laughs) as much as i could like on this theory and it there's a ton of people i think somebody actually wrote like an actual thesis on it or some like some like legit college over in the uk they did you know but i couldn't i couldn't find anything from sam raimi the director which was so so disappointing i just Mm. figured he would comment on this at some point you know what i mean to kind of either give credence or put it to shame of like yes or no because it is part of the movie. There is a theme in the movie of of her condition and, and what she's been through and what she she wants her body image to be. It's definitely in the movie. But as far yeah. as like, you know, how far it goes into the actual like story itself, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I'm kind of with Laura saying that I think it's just part of the curse and stuff like that. I actually don't want yeah. an answer to this. I want it to be open ended. That way you could look at it from in different ways. Mm-hmm. But you know, what's interesting. How does this play into the fact that what we mentioned from the beginning was the identity of this movie? And if it's a horror comedy, how does something so serious that affects so many people and is really, you know, quite depressing and upsetting? Uh, how does that play into a horror comedy? If that's like mm-hmm. the main theme, it kind of doesn't. It doesn't, <laughs> and so that's why it's like I agree. I I would want to hear from the director mm-hmm. and see like what was going through your head to have so many different things. I yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's too bad. Yeah. Can we call this wow. guy up? Can we get him on as a guest? This is what I've been saying. Call him up. Okay, all right. Let's let's, let's work on that. Okay, guys. All right, let me uh, <laughs> let me get him get him on the phone here. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, do you have anything else for Graves, Laura? Anything else you want to talk to him about? Ask him, you know, does he have any buttons? No. Is he going to curse us? Nothing. Blew my mind again. I, this is enough for me to ponder mm-hmm. for the time being. You know, one other thing. I just want to add this last question to you guys. Please help me with this. Why is it called Drag Me to Hell? Isn't it because she, she gets dragged to hell? <laughs> Isn't yeah. that obvious? Isn't well, like- she gets she gets dragged to hell. Why is it not? So it's it's not called dragged to hell or you'll have to drag me away to hell. It's literally just drag me to hell as it, it's a statement of desire. It says it's something that no one would ever say. Uh, excuse me. I I totally say drag me to hell in the bedroom all the time. Drag oh me to hell. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. I stand corrected. <laughs> Dang. Wow. Your husband's flicking that button. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! 
What? <laughs> uh, okay, all right. Bye, Grace. That's, That's the worst thing you've ever said on the podcast, <laughs> or the be- or the best, or the best thing I've ever said on the podcast. Oh my god! Um, you you started it, Laura. You started it. Uh, <laughs> I should know better. You're always gonna one up me. You, you always. Can't, you can't open that. You can't open that bedroom door. Don't. Yeah. Don't do Have that. Have you guys yeah. ever tried the baba ganoush? It's a pretty crazy position. Oh <laughs> my god! Look it up. If it's it insane. Means eating food then i'm happy because that sounds delicious uh, right now i'm hungry i have a freaking fly in my stomach right now buzzing around i'm starving oh that's fun all right let's get let's get graves out of here before he gets hungry or pops a boner i don't know what's going on right now but uh <laughs> all right. All right, graves get out of here right that's the real reason for the handkerchief you guys oh can i talk about it? All right, we got we got Greg back. We got Greg back now. You know, uh, Laura, you're on a roll tonight. I love it. Oh, jeez, shit. Oh my goodness. It's um, been a weird, weird recording session, guys. I know. I know. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, let's. Uh, <laughs> now that we got Greg back, let, let's talk about the ending. Let's talk about the ending. Did you like the ending? Did you not like the ending? Did it work for you? Um, like with the movie itself, you know, what, what do you think, Laura? Um, the ending was super predictable. But regardless, I did like it because I thought that that was the best way to end it. I mean, I personally, I know this sounds really mean because as we talk about it, I guess she didn't really deserve it. But in my mind, it had to end with her going there. Yeah. It's too easy otherwise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it worked for me. All right. What about what about you, Greg? Did any work for you? I would have liked to seen her survive. Hmm. I mean, she got screwed over in this movie. She didn't do much wrong. I know you're going to say killing the cat is a a mortal sin, but um, you know, if you kill a cat, you spend eternity in hell. It's pretty extreme. <laughs> I, I do like again going back to the allegory of the eating disorder theme. I can see if, if she was just killed by by fainting, going on the tracks, then it, it becomes a little bit more palatable for me because as she's walking through the chain, train station, you know, you guys remember she spies that new coat in the window. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, I'm going to look good. So mm-hmm. to me, I felt like she's still obsessed with her image, you know, even though she got rid of this, you know, she's, she's gotten rid of this um, demon that's haunting her, that's causing her to fight and be anxious about eating. She's still obsessed about her image. So I feel like it hasn't gone away. So in that sense, if you're trying to state the case that, you know, the, the lesson is, is you can try to get rid of your demons, but if you, you know, if you fall back into your own ways, they're just going to kill you. Yeah. I, then I think that ultimately her dying there makes a lot of sense to me. So um, ultimately it, it was really sad, but you know, especially looking at Justin Long's expression, he really killed it uh, in that scene, but yeah. um, overall really well. Yeah. I, I actually really liked the ending. I always like when they, you know, wh- whatever you want to call it, when the hero doesn't get away or, you know, you don't win. It's the, you know what I mean? Cause it's never, it's, it's not, it's not the, it's not the norm, you know? So I actually like that they killed her at the end of this movie. Yeah. Um, me that was too. actually cool. You know, and, and I was actually super surprised because I was confused, I think, with the whole button and the envelope and this and that. So I was like, oh, shit, Justin Long has it crazy, you know. So I was actually, you know, pretty, pretty happy at the end there. Um, do you guys have any other points? Anything else you want to talk about before we kind of like close it up and get to ratings and stuff like that? You know, negative. Nothing else. OK, cool, cool, cool. Uh, Laura, did you have any grinding gears? Anything grind your gears in this episode? It got close with the whole eating her chin and mouth area, <laughs> you know, like 10, 11 times. But uh, 
Yeah, I wouldn't say that that's part of my disease, as Rob likes Your to call disease. it. I think oh. it just, mm-hmm. I just thought it was disgusting. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. come on, it's nasty. I know. Is, is anybody ever going to look at their grandma the same way again? You know, <laughs> are we all just going to be like, oh, grandma, get away, grandma. I don't have any grandmas anymore. Oh, no. oh, so. Way no. to go, Rob. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> Laura's like, you shame me. I know. Laura's gonna <laughs> curse me right now. Yeah. Ants out your butthole now. Oh damn it. Shit. <laughs> Dang it. That sucks for my butthole. Okay. Um yes, so so before before we get out here, before we're we're done here, I did want to read a Justin Long uh quote that I had from an interview he gave in 2019. This was uh, from uh, comicbook.com. He was actually interviewed 10 years later uh to talk about drag me to hell. And I actually wanted to pull because I think it's the, to me, the most interesting thing about this movie is the whole like campiness of this movie. And just uh, so they asked Justin Long about that. And it's what he said is that um, that it strikes him that Sam Raimi never really lost that sense of play in his life and that he thinks one of the key ingredients of his, of his success is his artistry, certainly for that movie, uh, for Drag Me to Hell. And he said there's such a sense of play, he often would reference Looney Tunes on sets. And if you watch the movie, you see what an influence Looney Tunes and Saturday morning cartoons are in the way that the story is told. There's some really fun cartoonist stuff in there, like Wiley E. Coyote, Roadrunner stuff with anvils falling on people's heads. So he, he like exactly what Greg said, the so Looney Tunes. Yeah, he, he clearly mentions that Sam on set when they filmed this movie would reference Looney Tunes mm. and cartoonish things like that. And, and we said it's there. It's in the movie. It's just so oddly formatted to the second half of the movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's just, and it's just so it, it there is proof that that was like meant to be there and that was an actual like reference point of the second half of this movie you know end of this movie whatever you want to call it but it is just so odd that the first half has none of that in it you know yes, what i mean that's my biggest problem you you didn't think that the scene where the woman with the witch attacks her in her car had a bunch of that goofiness to it i that's where i first noticed that she's stapling her in the head it did it mm-hmm. did but at the time, I was just so freaking shocked by what I was yeah. seeing that I, I wasn't able to be like, ha, 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 this is so funny and over the top. I literally was like, oh, my God, this is about to be a massacre. And then, of course, it wasn't. Wow. Because okay. it was silly. Yeah. 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 So it's just it's just something to think about, you know, when we do our ratings and how we yeah. you know, how we think about it. I mean, this was a purpose. So, you know, whether you agree with it or not, it was supposed to be there, you know. Um, yeah, so like we said, the Rotten Tomatoes for this movie, critics score 92%, audience score 62%, so, you know, very high marks on both. Uh, I think most of the critics really shout out, you know, Sam Raimi, the Evil Dead franchise, that this is, you know, him him calling back to his early success with his horror mm-hmm. comedy balance and stuff like that. So, um, so let's do our ratings, one to five. Let's do uh, something we've been talking about all night, how many buttons? So one to five, how many buttons are you giving this movie? Uh, Greg, <laughs> uh, do you need to give two ratings based on, you know, two different theories? What do you think? I was thinking the exact same thing. I'll give one rating and it's it's because I, I firmly believe watching it a second time, the scenes about the, the, the eating disorder stuff just seems so obvious to me. So like, it, it's in your face. One of those things where when you're not paying attention to it, it's invisible. But then when you know that it's there, it's everywhere, right? So I'm going to give this movie, I mean, originally when I watched it, I thought it was kind of ridiculous, but so entertaining. I was thinking like a three, but because of these other elements to it, I want to give it a 3.5. 
I just, you know how I thought about this movie is I think that the average horror movie that comes out should strive to be about this good or better. Hmm. You know, Hmm. of course, not everything that gets released is going to have, is going to be an Oscar winning film, but I feel like this should be the target you should be shooting for, you know, good scares, some gruesomeness, but not over to the top or to the point where it becomes distasteful, some originality and definitely a lot of entertainment in one way or another. So yeah, three and a half for me. Uh, what about you, Laura? One to five, uh, how many buttons are you giving this movie? God, uh, you know, it's always hard because when we talk about something, I feel like we always find more positives than we might have found on initial watch. And I just went on a whole spiel about how you should give something a second try and how Suspiria went up for me. Mm-hmm. But you know what, you guys, this just, I have seen the uh, original Evil Dead and this did not do it for me. So... Why are you comparing? I haven't seen it. You got you got to see it. It's really? very similar style. Yeah. Maybe maybe that'll be Greg's movie pick at the end of the episode. But this is what I'm. We just talked about this in the beginning in the beginning of this pod. Like, how do you temper expectations when you? Well, I mean, I guess to a certain extent, you. You know can't, what? Right? This is all going back to my complaint that the very first thing I said about this movie. I don't think this movie fully knew its identity, and it did not meet that mark. So. Okay. For me, this is like a 2.75 buttons. <laughs> 2.7. Yes, <laughs> 0.75 buttons. You know, like they yeah. chipped a little button in half. Oh, I hate it when you chip a button because then it's like it's visible and you don't know if you want to replace it. It just looks like, I don't know. I don't think I've ever chipped Have you guys ever chipped a button? No, I don't. No. I don't think so. <laughs> I've chipped a button. Oh, wow. Greg has button button remorse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for 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 me like i i'm i'm i guess with you there laura like you know i watched this movie twice i really tried the second time watching this to be like all right i know what i'm in for now like let mm-hmm. me watch it and see if i can like kind of like laugh through the, the 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 hokiness of this stuff and the the looney tune effects in the second half and mm-hmm. you know picture fucking wily e. coyote with an animal on his head and it still just didn't work for me. Like I don't get yeah. the critic 92% of people that, that no. see this as that. I just, I just don't see it. It's like you saying know? it's a masterpiece. Anything above 90 means that to me. And I, I don't see yeah, it. That's ridiculous. That high. Yeah. Critics can be so mean about things and so nitpicky and they're allowed to be. So I feel like they're just giving this a pass and that's not right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I really like the horror stuff in this. I really like mm. the creepy, like shadow demons and the jump scares. And I like everything that was super serious. Even some of the slight jokey stuff is okay with me. But yeah. once it, once it goes into that fucking, you know, Looney Tune realm and shit, then I'm just like, I don't, it just didn't work for me, you know? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so f- for me, I'm I'm with you, Laura. I probably would say a two. I'm saying a two. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're above me with your point with your little chip button, but uh, I'm just. Well, I two. gave that for Justin Long, man. So who's oh. the real fan now? Well, I, that's true. I know. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm giving two buttons, but they're all for Justin. You know, this is two <laughs> buttons for Justin. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> for his end scene, his end finale. So um, yeah, so that's our ratings for this. Uh, He's like, movie. I don't want buttons. I want coins. <laughs> Yeah, I reject yeah. your gift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's it for this episode for uh, Drag Me to Hell. You know, we got two low ratings, and Greg was Greg was decently high. You yeah. know, which is cool. You know, yeah. um, that's cool. I mean, we, definitely email us in with your opinions on this movie. I'm really interested because it yeah. does seem very vast. 
you know, and also email us in with the uh, with the whole like, you know, bulimic theory and the eating disorder stuff. And if you see it that way, you can hit us up, you know, at Conjecturing Pod Twitter and Instagram. Or if you want to do email, you can do a Conjecturing Pod at Gmail. Uh, let us know about that stuff. I'm interested in that. It's actually really cool. Yeah. Um, so the, that's it. You know, we got Greg's pick next week now. But uh, we want to say before that, you know, remember Conjecture Choice is coming up in a couple weeks now. So keep sending in what movies you want us to conjecture. Brad C., I think you kind of failed this week, man. Sorry, buddy. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> other than Justin Long, you know, that, that was a good pick. But uh, yeah, that was the whole um, point. <laughs> that was, yeah, well, that's true, I guess. So. But uh, yeah, you could have you could have picked uh, another movie that starts with a T. That might have been a better no. pick. Uh, so. Thank God that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's coming, Laura. It's coming. You can't stop it. Uh, Talk about body torture. Yeah, no, yeah, you can't stop that train, Lawrence, and hit you. Uh, so, um, <laughs> so uh, another thing I want to say, you know, before we get to Greg's pick, is we got our anniversary show, our huge anniversary show coming up in like two weeks now, right? Two weeks now, Laura. Yeah. Two weeks, you know. Um, it's gonna be full of of laughs, jokes. It's pretty much gonna be a retrospective on our first year together with this pod, all the ups and downs all the stuff we didn't know what we were doing and we're going to be kind of picking out some of our fave moments, fave drinks, fave, uh, what other stuff are we going to be picking? Movies, Anything else? Movies everything. We're going to be doing rewatch of anybody wants to revise their list. Like Laura revised a uh, this week already. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, we're gonna have a couple surprise, uh, guests, I think surprise guests, surprise Ooh. voices. Uh, they're going to be super cool. So get ready for that. And, you know, if you know anybody that doesn't listen to our show and they want to check it out, let them know that our anniversary show is coming because they don't want to miss out on that. Um, and if they don't know where they want to listen to it from, any podcast player or anything like that, you can always look at our uh, website. It's podpage.com slash conjecturing pod. That'll have all our links for wherever you want to listen to the platform you're on. Uh, we got Apple, Spotify, Google, pretty much any platform you can listen to it on. You can all check it out there. Uh, so beyond that, Greg, now what is your pick uh, leading into our anniversary show? What movie are we going to be watching, Greg? Okay, so I have a little spiel about this. We all know February, which is when this pod's going to drop the next one, is the shortest month of the calendar. But what many don't realize is that February comes from the Roman name Februarius, which is named after the Latin term februum or purification. So for many, this means not just purifying ourselves from our old belongings and old habits, you know, this is 2021, but also some of our old social circles. So in some cases, this requires us to revisit our friends list. Leading up to our anniversary pod, we are going to review 2014's Unfriended. No, we are not. Yes. Oh, okay. That is the worst <laughs> <laughs> I remember that uh, in, in the pod that we that we lost. Laura, Laura we fell off her chair. <laughs> Laura's off her chair. Laura got unfriended. Yeah. And I'm sorry. That is so funny. Oh my god, that is hilarious. Oh, oh wow. wow. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I definitely never saw it, so uh, I'm excited <laughs> to watch it, see what it's about. Oh, get ready. It's a joy. It's a joy. Okay. All right. <laughs> nice nice i feel like that's pretty ballsy since we already did host and like man host Mm. is like you know you know what really got me thinking about it was you know our actually our first official podcast episode which got deleted into the ether do you guys remember (laughs) us talking about unfriended yeah that's what got me thinking about it you know coming up to our our one year 
Wow. Nice. Crazy. Well, nice. I, I like, like the it. story behind it. Yeah. Okay, that's true. We're three friends. You know, we don't want to be unfriended. So I like it. I Greg's like going to be unfriended after next week. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah maybe I would deserve it. Maybe our, our anniversary show, it's going to be Graves the whole episode. Yeah. Greg didn't get invited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Lamy doesn't get to be by next week. Maybe that's what yeah. you'll get. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's well, cool hilarious. pick. I'm excited for that next week to check that out. I'm excited for our, our review of that. That'll be fun. <laughs> um yeah so yes if anybody wants to email us in uh anything about unfriended you know if they liked it or didn't like it what they thought about that movie go for it conjecturing pot at gmail hit us up let us know if it's a good choice by greg um yeah and then lastly please remember again to subscribe rate review our podcast wherever you're listening to it on and check out the slash and cast podcast network at slash and cast.net so that's it for the week here this has been the conjecturing i've been rob and laura and greg yeah, until next time, remember horror subjective to conjecture your way. See ya. Bye. Bye, guys. You tricked me, you black-hearted whore!